Hello, everybody. This is Jill Renee Feeler, and welcome to today's message. We try to share messages live weekly. Um, it's our gift to the world, and we do this. The purpose, the reason why we do all these things is because what I connect with is, is very, um, it allows you a personal connection to source creator energy. And I'm not a big fan of, of connection methods and processes and um, think structures where there's an intermediary between you and source energy. Um, again, just personal preference. I, I just don't like that. Okay. Um, and I know from my personal experience um, over the last, well, basically since about 2009, that the personal connection that's available to us through source energy is absolutely amazing. And I'm so excited to share that that's possible and share the information that comes through and the energies that come through from my personal connection to source energy, okay? So uh, there are some teachers that get really, uh, let's see, how do I want to put this? There are some ways that a spiritual teacher or a spiritual guide or whatever um, that's in human form can, they don't, I don't, I mean, I know them. <laughs> I know a lot of them. It's, they don't do it intentionally, but what I see energetically happen is that those that get very enchanted and excited about a teacher's work, they end up putting that teacher on a pedestal, and they end up um, almost idolizing um, that teacher in a way, and then it becomes about the teacher and how great they are. You guys, I don't care if you think I'm, I'm a great person or not a great person. I care that you know that you are a great person <laughs> and an amazing soul and that you are gloriousness embodied in your human form, okay? So that is my primary focus of everything that I do is that you know how absolutely fantastic you are as the source energy that you are that just happens to be experiencing, excuse me, experiencing itself temporarily in a mortal human form, okay? So let's go. <laughs> All right. So I do encourage you to just relax your body <sighs> and visualize that within your head is this sphere. Okay. It could maybe look like the moon or a sun sort of sensation in your head. Okay. Very good. And now I'm going to ask you to imagine that that ball, that sphere gets bigger and it's getting bigger and bigger. It has its own light source, so it is much more like a star than the moon. And its inner light, its radius, literally is expanding. So now I see that that expansion is including your heart. It's including all of your body. It's including all of the experiences you've ever had in any reality. It's including everything that you are as your soulfulness. It's including everything that you dream about. It's including everything that you love about yourself. This ball is also including everything that you don't like about yourself. This ball of light, of eternity, is big enough to hold everything everything that you know and everything that you don't know. And this ball is you. This ball is your consciousness. Nice job. Oh. 
Just rest in that for a moment. So we're going to give your brain a few um, updates, okay? So whatever your brain has felt like it needs to fix or solve within yourself, whatever your brain feels is um, in the way of your, your growth and your progression and your expansion, you're meeting your goals, we're going to update your brain that everything just as it is, is actually absolutely fine with everywhere you want to be in your quote unquote future in your humanness. That none of those uh, so-called flaws are as big as your brain is making them appear. None of those gaps or voids are are as significant as your brain is telling you that they are. So in this ball that we've assisted you in creating for yourself, you literally have everything you need to know yourself as a significant, majestic, glorious being in this reality and any other reality that you know yourself as uh, participating in. That's the real you. So don't ask your brain to uh, readily uh, be aware of this. In order to truly embody this light that you are, this eternal light that you are, it requires that you allow yourself the knowingness that your brain will do its job while your eternal nature will do its job, okay? So the way that I like to put it is, please don't ask your brain to do something that it's, it wasn't meant for, it wasn't designed for, and it's not equipped for. Your brain is not equipped for telling you how amazing and glorious you are. And it never will be. So watch out for it. The brain is a very powerful piece of our equipment and our humanness. And we can end up letting it drive the show. We don't need to shut it down. That would, <laughs> that's not advised. We want to make friends with it and understand its weaknesses and understand its deficiencies and not give it more power than it deserves. Because what deserves to be in the true throne, if you will, of royalty within your life, within your human journey, is your soulfulness, is your eternal energy. And again, we ask you to watch out for the brain, because the brain immediately as we talk about that says, but what is that? I want to know about that throne. I want to know about that royalty. What bloodline is it? it? It goes into all of these tangential questions that are completely irrelevant to the access that you have now and always as the form of life that you are, as the eternal representation of source creator God that you are in every reality. So your brain has questions. That's absolutely fine. It does not need the answers as much as it thinks it does. 
Beautiful. So watch out for your brain. Watch out for the distractions. Watch out for the very real questions it has and how it could send you off of your path of being eternally light in this reality. What we are offering you here is an upgrade of your creator energy beyond your wildest dreams. And that does not mean instant manifestation. Instant manifestation in the confines of the earthly reality is not necessary. Um, it's not our goal for, for, um, for earth and for the human experience. It is not a uh, fact or evidence of um, essential eternal consciousness connection. Instant manifestation has in this reality at this time, in your time, has actually created a huge distraction from the creator energy that you are. We hope you receive that as a sign of relief. Just to let it go. That you getting everything that you want is more childish than it is a sign of consciousness. That way, when things don't go your way, and when experiences don't turn out the way that you want, when goals are not achieved, you, you need not take them personally. You need not take them as a sign or reflection of how you're not there yet. We use those words, not there yet, as a sense of achievement, as a sign of reaching enlightenment, as a sign of attaining a sense of expanded consciousness that you idealize in your life. Our dear siblings of light, you arrived in this reality with that level there yet. But why don't you know it, you ask? Your brain wants to doubt. Your brain is wanting to argue with us that that can't be true. But see, your brain has a perception of what that looks like, what that idealization of pure enlightenment being attained. It has a caricature of what that would mean. And it's wrong. And it's flawed. And it's keeping you from enjoying the true, pure consciousness and the being at levels of light <laughs> that are beyond what's ever been held within humanity. It's keeping you from realizing the creator energy that you are and have always been in your lifetime. So your brain is telling you you're not there yet. And we're advising you to know that your brain is wrong. That you are there. And you've always been there. And that doesn't mean that everything goes your way. That doesn't mean that you have all green lights in your travels. 
It does not mean that you are paid for being a loving, caring, compassionate person in this reality. It does not mean that the trees in your, in your neighborhood are, are growing money for you to grab onto. It does not mean that you have perfect health. And what we want to share is it doesn't have to mean that. Your brain wants it to mean that, and we respect that, but that is not what Earth is. Earth is a place where you can be that loving, caring, compassionate, soulful person that is so different than even your birth family, that is so different than everyone that you know. And to allow for this light and this love that flows so effortlessly out of you, that that truly is your best sign of being there yet. Because you live in a reality where you don't get that back. It's a rare, rare thing that you feel the level of love that you give back in return. And when you do, it is like heaven on earth. Because you are a representation of heaven on earth. And it is precious. And it is glorious. And it is significant. And it is majestic. And it is you. So when your brain tells you you're not there yet, because if you were there, this world would respond differently to you. Stand taller than the size of your brain. Stand in your light. Give your brain a hug. Say, I'm sorry, brain, you can't see the bigger picture. I'm no longer going to ask you to see what you cannot see. I am love in human form. And I am mature enough in my eternal light to know that what I get back in this reality is not a sign of what I am and is not a sign of what I'm bringing and is not a sign of what I give to this world. What I get back often in this world is the brokenness, the disconnection, the fragmentation, the hurt and the pain and loneliness that this world typically offers back to itself because it's been operating from the plane of the mind. And even those that call themselves spiritual, that call themselves religious, are operating from a set of tenets that are not offering them a personal connection to true source energy God. They are tainted, they are twisted, and they are distorted, those teachings. A true teaching allows you to feel and know the pure, unconditional, without condition love that is available to all life. That is a true teaching. Do you feel that love? That is a sign of its truth or its falseness. When you know yourself as unconditionally loved, 
this group, you are further equipped to be an ambassador of that love in this reality. And still, this reality may not, and we would, ad- <laughs> we would advise you to continue to expect that you will not receive it in return so that it will make you stronger in your light as an independent individual one, which you are. Your sphere, your ball that we talked about at the beginning, that that is more of a self-contained energy field than you realize. When you allow yourself to feel the source energy love that is given to you by the grace of God, not through deserving, not through efforts and trying, through the grace of receiving what you don't need to deserve, what you don't need to have earned, because that's how loved you are. The result of this approach is that your ball of light is unending. You feel the buoyancy, the lightness, the vibrancy, the realness of love that you are in your field. And you realize the distinction between your one and all the other ones that are in this reality that are not you. They are their own one, and they have their own ability to connect with Source Creator God, but they don't know that. Their truths, (laughs) so-called truths, their perceptions, their application of free will, their level of consciousness that they're deciding and choosing to attain and embody in this lifetime is the, those are the inputs of what you see and what you get back from all of these other ones that you share the planet with. Isn't it wonderful that what we're talking about is you and your one and your strength and your divine empowerment your natural and inherent sacredness that is independent of others, one. Is it not liberating beyond belief? But, 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 we hear your brain. We hear the chatter of your brain wanting to argue with us. Are you ready to give it the hug? It's a very small organ. And it can easily promote itself to a position of authority within your life that it is not designed for and that does not do a good job at. So it is not your obligation, but it is certainly your opportunity to look at your brain and what it is offering you and question it and doubt it like you would a a less informed person. So when you have the fear, when you have the doubt, when your brain is holding on to ideas that are not true of this reality, you can assess whether you are going to follow its lead or become your own leader, leading yourself, your one, with the brain as part of your equipment, but not letting any of the programs that it runs get in your way of being the light that you are eternally, including where you are right now, on earth, right now.
there are many times that our partner notices different teachings and different truths and she is uniquely wired to observe the energetic effects of these teachings and truths. She has an ability to instantaneously assess how close it is allowing that individual that's running those programs, those so-called truths, to feel and know the eternal love that is available to them. This may be perceived as judgment. This may be perceived as But when you look deeper at the purpose of her highly opinionated nature, which could be called judgmental, you will see her pure love and nothing but positive intentions for you and everyone's one on the planet. There is nothing that she and we want more than you and everyone to feel and know the loving God that you are inherently connected to. To her, that is the greatest gift that you can choose to receive while being in a human bodysuit. To know that you are loved eternally. She sees how this sets people free in their lives to be their own version of loving, caring, compassionate energy. Each of you has limitless hmm, limitless levels of light available to you especially by bypassing the wiring of your brain limitless creative ability the power of each one is impossible to fathom from within the human construct. But even having a glimpse is quite a source of hope and faith. It keeps you inspired despite what the rest of the world is doing, in spite of what the world is offering back to you that may not feel loving at all. Every great master that walked the earth knows these truths. They incorporated these systems to feel the oneness of their love and their light and the gift of being a one in a place like Earth. The power of one is 
mighty. And effective beyond belief. And your soulfulness knew this well enough that it created a one. Because it knew that one can make a difference. That one can matter so much that it changes the vibrations on earth changes the nature of humanity. We're talking about you. You know this, yes? That you are that special. That you are that unique. That you are such an individual. that you are a perfect representation of your light in so many ways. And the brain's inability to see that is just fine. Your brain's twisted scorecard of whether you're there yet doesn't need to go away, and it won't go away. but you can decide to let nothing get in the way of you knowing yourself as exceptional, as worthy of the applause of this world. It is important to also at this point discuss the ego. The ego is the storyteller. And many of you have stories that keep you from the greatness that you truly are. A classic example is the storyteller that says, well, we're not that great. We have a lot of evidence for why we're not exceptional. This is what the storyteller says. The storyteller is often very concerned about you living as the gloriousness that you deep within yourself know is true. Your storyteller tells you that if you live as the gloriousness that you truly are, that it will make others uncomfortable. That it may push people away. That it may be just too much. That people will think you're conceited or arrogant. Our partner knows something about that. And at some point, and she's had various iterations of this, where the inner dialogue goes something to the effect of, how great will I allow myself to be? How grand will I allow my identity What's too much? What's too little? And these questions matter because it affects the size of that ball that we talked about at the beginning.
So when your storyteller says, well, that, you know what, you're just telling yourself right there that you're grand, that you're exceptional, that you're fantastic. That's just, that's, uh, that's uncomfortable in this reality. And it is to the human layers of you. Because it goes against the grain of so many different programs that you're offered while you're here, while you're on earth, while you're pretending to be human. So at some point, our partner just said, screw it. If others misinterpret her inner dialogue went something like that. They're just going to let me speak because it's easier. At some point, you guys, I decided it was too phony for me to pretend that I wasn't as exceptional as I know I am. That felt like a game, like a scam. Because I was holding myself back to try to make other people happy or more, or more comfortable around me. But when we do that, there are some people that won't be happy no matter what we do. So we're cheating ourselves and we're cheating our entire journey of the fabulous light that's available to us. So at some point when I said, screw it, if it makes people uncomfortable, I'm just going to, I'll see how that goes. I was willing to accept the risk that some will misinterpret how grand I see my light as arrogance. I was willing to take that risk that they would misinterpret it as arrogance. Because what I know, and maybe others can't know about me, is that my entire goal is not to say, look at me, look at me, I'm a rock star. It's for you to look at yourself and say, oh my God, I'm a rock star. So sometimes the risks are worth it. So far for me, it definitely has been. And there will always be levels of that sense of how you view yourself where you'll find that you're holding yourself back. And it is okay. It's just at some point you're like, I think I'm kind of done playing smaller. I think I want to try it where I allow myself to be as significant, as world-changing as I am and that I know all of us are. What I remember as most significant and important about the Egyptian mystery schools was not about the mechanics of what we taught in terms of knowledge. It was the energetic structure of what we were reminding the participants who they are, offering them, helping them restructure their own sense of self to hold the grandness that they are in this reality. 
There is nothing in what we taught then or what we are offering now that is saying that others don't have that available to them. There is nothing in what we are saying that that says we are special and others are not. We hold as sacred, the sacred and inherent special nature, majesty of all life. And we recognize the boundary between self and others, that there's only so much that that your one and my one can do related to how others perceive themselves. I can't fix that for anyone that's not interested in reassessing themselves. So I focus on who is in front of me. It's all I can do. And it is more than enough because your, your one, my one, all of our ones <laughs> it's enough to go down in history. It's enough to make our fellow masters of light jubilant about what they see in what we are. I focus on outcomes. What are you creating with the light that you are? We create emotions, we create feelings, we create compassion, and we create things. You're creating your you in every breath and in every expression of self, in every thought that you have. And in the summation of that, you get you. So all of it matters. Creation doesn't have to be a physical thing. Allowing yourself to access your inherent majesty is a worthy creation of life. How big will you allow yourself to feel? How significant will you allow yourself to be? How many risks are you willing to take to be the real you? To be the authentic light that you brought here with you and that you've always been? It's interesting how I, as Jill, feel such kinship with beings from our so-called past that I can get so easily passionate about Van Gogh, Pythagoras, Da Vinci, John F. Kennedy Jr., John Lennon. The goddess Isis, Yeshua, Mary Magdalene, Tesla. They feel like my best friends. I 
and I look at them with the inherent soulful connection that I feel with them. And I'm so proud of what they did while they were here. I love how they did it their own unique way. And I love how they accepted those risks that they were taking in raising their voice and sharing their truth and the creations that they offered. I love their light. And when I look at this group and I see all the possibilities and all the opportunities, I feel nothing but excitement. Because I know those risks, are, they're hard. They're hard. When we have families that don't see us as grand and spectacular, when we have experiences in this reality that just continuously kind of slap us back into a really small chair that doesn't feel anything like a throne, when we almost feel like the world is saying, would you just sit down and shut up? But the risk of refusing to sit in the anything less than the throne, that has to come from within. That resistance of you fighting for what you are, fighting to be the light that you came here to be, that will must be strong. And all of those beings on my, on my favorites list, and that's just the beginning, they all knew that. Some of them did have individuals in their life that said, you're special. I expect great things from you. But some of them didn't. Some of them did not have that. But they felt it within themselves. And they let that inner sense of, of greatness be strong enough and real enough to propel them into a version of themselves that we still talk about, that made a mark in history. So I do get excited about a level of grandness that is hard to accept within your one. I love to be in awe of my fellow participants and this amazing experience of being human on earth. My clap, my applause is always at the ready for the big accomplishments and the small accomplishments because they all matter. So I'm not as impressed about somebody's supposed giftedness in terms of, oh, I'm a healer or, or I'm a psychic or, oh, I'm an intuitive. I care about the outcome. What are you doing with it? What is the outcome of your gifts? How are you allowing your light to redefine your one? How are you allowing your inner force of will, of love, to transform your one into the truly spectacular nature of yourself. The biggest risk we face is the discomfort of being grand. 
every single one of those beings that I mentioned knows that as well. It is uncomfortable to sit in a throne that this world has not handed to you, but that you claimed. It is very uncomfortable to decide that your words matter enough to be vocalized. That your creations matter enough to be created. Do they matter to you enough to I hope they do. And I hope I'm the first one that gets to see it and give you the ovation that you deserve. When we were on the Egypt trip, I did many readings for everyone that was in the group. And at some point I needed to take a break. I needed to use the restroom. And as I walked away, we were sitting on the the rooftop um, of our Nile cruise ship. I said, by the way, you guys need to decide who's going to do my reading. And I went down to the restroom and then I came back. And John Burgos was the one. And I have it recorded. I haven't shared it. But what I remember him saying was something to the effect of, Jill, you're hiding. You created the Egyptian mystery schools. And you're hiding from that identity. And you know it's true. Our local Egyptian guide multiple times would get very intense. She's a very beautiful small woman, probably maybe five feet tall. And she'd look up at me with her beautiful eyes and she would grab my hands and she'd say, you are Isis. You are Isis. And I would look away. I don't want to own Isis. But am I finally willing to take on that risk of the other ways that I've been a one in this reality? To help others see what I'm offering now. That the vibration of Isis, the goddess Isis, Mother of Ra, I believe, the sun. That there's a group of us here that identify with her as if we are her and she is us. Why is it so hard for us to identify in that way? What is it about our storyteller that just feels like it'll just crack? Because it can't hold it. (laughs) 
the limitations of the mind. The self-imposed limitations of humanity that it's put on itself always. But there are those that break free. There are those that say no to that self-imposed limitation. Who do you want to be? Who in your life would be most uncomfortable? And are you so sure that they will reject you? What if they celebrate you? What if they create ways of creating comfort with your new you and they kind of work around it even though they don't understand it or don't get it? But they have, other, they have enough other reasons to love you and, and want to be in your life that they're okay that you consider yourself fantastic <laughs> on a soulful level. When you take away their approval of you by taking it back within your own sphere, within your own ball of energy, that you are the ultimate approver of yourself. I don't like to make time for people that are, I don't want to say denying um, my own sense of, of being a special one. I don't want to make time for that. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. I don't have to agree with it. And I find it odd uh, curious about uh, the normal functioning of humanity and how it so readily wants to keep everybody in the really small chair in the corner just to shut up and be quiet. I think it's very fascinating that Earth is so, this reality is so structured. It's such, it's a very routine pattern of marginalizing everyone. But I also know that there are workarounds to that and that we brought those workarounds, um, those bypass maneuvers with us. We're very savvy at um, working around uh, people like that, structures like that, gatekeepers like that, etc. So it isn't about who sees you and who doesn't. It's about you seeing you. And when another sees you, it feels like we were talking about like heaven on earth. And when they don't, it doesn't hurt as much. It doesn't hurt as much when you see yourself. Now, some of you are newer to my work and you may not know that I, I came into this, I want to say this, this version of myself at the age of like 39 years old. I'd already been married since, uh, let's see, we got married when I was 23. So I already had 16 years of marriage with my husband at that time. Uh, my daughters were seven and, I'm going to get the math right, seven and four. And all of a sudden, I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm not 
I'm more than what I thought I was, right? And I really embraced it. And I, it did feel risky on the surface, but it felt more risky to not go for it. It felt more, it felt like more of a risk to play small when I didn't feel small anymore. And my family has worked around that. They don't celebrate it. They don't see me. They don't see me as a, like a member of the bringers of light on the planet. They're not into that. But they do love me. And they do, we do have valuable, meaning relationships um, that are very nice, <laughs> right? And I don't need them to see me in the grandness that I know myself. I see them as far more grand than they see themselves. And I notice that they also are not very interested in that either. And I respect that because I also see that they don't need to. Their higher self isn't wringing its hands that they're, that they're playing smaller than they could be. Remember, there's the unconditional love. So my daughters, their higher selves are going, oh my God, they, they missed this chance. They missed this chance. They got to get busy with this and that. Their higher selves are smiling and saying, oh, look at my Georgia. Look at my Olivia. And they're on earth. Let's see what I did today. With love and compassion and grace. So I've created some bypasses for allowing me to be me and how I see myself while I also allow others to have their own perceptions of me and what I am. And I have gotten very good at not confusing the two. And that works. But for those of you that hang out with me regularly, you can feel the difference in this message, I think. I was having coffee with two friends a couple weeks ago. And Kristen pointed out to me, if I remember it correctly, it was something to the effect of, you are so dedicated to helping other people feel as big as they are but there are ways that you, you know that you are bigger than you are and you don't want to own it. She was there on that boat on the Nile when John said that. And it's scary. So I get it. I am very comfortable telling all of you how fabulous and amazing you are and, and sharing with you what your higher self is wanting you to know about how fabulous you are and why this is true and helping you reset your energy field so that you can feel it and know it and receive that love and that grandness that's available to you here, that you came here to be in whatever expression of that you want it to be. But when it came to me identifying my own grandness in a, in a bigger way than I had before, I want to step out of that light. I want to be off stage. I want to be the person behind the scenes that's cheering all of you on. And that's not fair to my Jill. That's not fair to the role that I came here to be. 
So I don't know what all this means <laughs> in terms of how I'll allow Jill to morph into another, another level of expansion. I don't need to know what it means. Um, it's not something we find. It's something we create. Your future is not something you find. Your future is something you create. And what we will allow ourselves to identify as, what we believe we have access to, um, embracing the true goodness, and I would say greatness, that's available within yourself that you actually know is true, operating and embodying from that, creating from that, that changes everything. It changes your you. And you don't need to leave behind anything that you've been. You add to it. I didn't need to not know myself as a mom because I allowed myself to, to see the galactic shaman and creator of ancient mystery schools, right? That doesn't mean I'm not a mom. That doesn't mean I'm not a wife. That doesn't mean I, I, I no longer have to pick up the dog poop in the yard, right? We add layers. We add the, the um, rings like Saturn of grandness. And there's always more. There will always be even more than that. And that's exciting. To the brain, it may not feel like fun. To the brain, it's like a never-ending to-do list. It's like, oh, crap, we got that. There's even more. I've got to be bigger than this. I guess we better get busy. Well, that doesn't sound fun, right? That brain's <laughs> mentality, pun, takes the fun out of it when it makes it a job, when it makes it an obligation. There was actually, and this is just my personal preference, but, and here's my judginess coming in. There was actually a channeler I heard um, earlier on when I was realizing my own, my own connection. And he said something to the effect of, somebody pointed out to him about, um, well, somebody, God, what was it? The person one, person two, right? So person one said something like, uh, so what was it that got you in line to come to earth? And person two, the channeler, said, well, I wasn't really in line. I didn't sign up for this. I was pushed into line. And I was, there was just, I was kind of like, ew. <laughs> there was something about that version, his version, his chosen version, maybe it was an unconscious choice of that story, is that he's here out of obligation. I wouldn't want that story. If I were him, I would be reconsidering <laughs> that story. I, it just doesn't feel good to me. It feels a little pompous. It feels a little elitist. It feels like he didn't have a choice, and I never liked that feeling. I just guess that his joy that I see in this person's higher self, and I don't want to name who it is because it doesn't matter. It's just an example that of uh, <laughs> kind of what to, what to look out for and what, what messages you hear, right? Because I know that I chose to be here, I allow myself the joy that I'm here not out of obligation. I'm here out of choice. 
that this place is not perfect and I don't expect it to be, but there's a lot that I love about this place. I love Gaia. I love giving a physical hug to somebody from with my, within my human body suit to your human body suit. I love the feeling of joyful tears. I love the feeling of a smile on my face that I can't stop. I love the feeling of laughter and I love the sound of laughter. I love life. I love it enough that it got me here knowing that there would also be pain and disappointment and rejection and confusion and all those things. I like knowing that I made that choice as my higher self to be here. I, I celebrate knowing that I'm not here on some karmic mission of, of fixing past voids or problems of my, of, you know, parallel lifetimes. That's, that's an old bag of tricks, you guys. That, <laughs> that storyline is, is well-worn and ready to be tossed out. Did you know that you actually decide that that's not true? Did you know that? So there's a lot of apparently gifted teachers out there that will tell you about what you're here to work on and what you need to fix. And it puts you in a really small chair. And it has you looking over at a throne that you haven't earned yet. And here I am. Reaching out a hand to you. Asking you to stand up from that really small chair in the corner. And lovingly and royally guiding you. For you're sitting in the throne that is yours. And that anything that anyone has pointed out to you that you're here to work on, that you can put that in a new category. That those are areas that are not as strong as others, possibly deficiencies, areas of vulnerability, that are not part of your soulfulness. They're part of your humanness. And you may have known exactly what you were doing by planting those within your field, by inserting that part of your wiring. Part of my vulnerable wiring is overconfidence, which some could call arrogance. I don't think it's arrogance because I'm not saying I'm better than anyone else which to me is what arrogance is. I want more than anything for all of us to know how absolutely fabulous we are. And to me, that is not arrogant. But that overconfidence part that can rub people the wrong way and that I can actually dislike within myself allows me to say things and be things that I've never seen anyone else do. That doesn't mean that no one else is doing it, but I'm not watching them. They're not my leaders. So my so-called overconfidence that somebody could look at as a retrograde or a deficiency or something that my soul is here to work on is something I put there. 
because it allows me when I feel something in my own field from my personal connection to source creator God to say it as the truth that it is without needing validation outside of myself in this reality. That overconfidence is necessary for me to be the pioneer that I am and to be a representative alongside my fellow pioneers, which is how I look at you, my fellow masters of light. When my team told me that I am an ascended master who is here to help awaken and inspire and support my fellow masters that are here on the planet, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what that would look like. But I knew it was true. I knew that was right. I knew that was my identity. So my mind could have gone in a whole bunch of different directions about, well, we got to study this, we got to study that, we, gotta, we have to know everything. Oh, I get that a lot <laughs> from my brain. It's like, we don't know that yet. And I'm like, you know what? We don't know that yet. And I'm okay with that. I know you're not, <laughs> but I am. I'm not here to know everything. But I stand strong in what I do know. And I give myself a voice for sharing that. And I let myself feel levels of love for others that isn't about deserving or credit or whatever. So I offer love to people I don't even like. (laughs) What a concept, (laughs) right? (laughs) Did you know that you could do that? that you can allow your soulful love to be readily available in this reality while not needing to like who they're choosing to be as a human. Aha, that was like a light bulb moment. Okay, give me a minute. I need a drink of water. Hang on. Okay. (sighs) All right. (laughs) That feels complete for today. How are you guys doing? I see a message here from Pat. She's saying, yes, Jill, I'm having the same family connection as you shared. I love them beyond our 3D experience together. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that, Pat. This is, you. I love our group. (laughs) I just have to say, I, I enjoy so much hanging out with you guys. Um, here in our weekly calls and when we get together for travel and when I do events and you're there, et cetera. It's just when we do the online work, whether it's a private session or a class, et cetera. I love it because it's, it's seeing, it's seeing that part of this world that I'm like, yes, okay, you're here too. Phew. Okay, good. (laughs) It helps us feel less alone. It's fabulous. And it does take the sting out of some of the other 
either disappointing or, or less, uh, less satisfying <laughs> experiences that we have in this world. Hi, Suzanne. She's saying beautiful, moving message, Jill. Tears and hugs. Kiss, hug. I love you. And I see Jean, and she's saying thank you for an amazing message. So needed to hear it. Love you so much. Oh, I love you guys. I love you guys. By the way, speaking, going back to my family um, areas, I had mentioned um, in a very personal, I think it was in a newsletter. Uh, when was that? December? I think it was December. may have been January, where I shared um, that my father-in-law was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and most of you know he did pass since then. Um, in mid-February, actually, while I was on my trip, and we were in Jordan. That was an interesting timing. Um, so my father-in-law, Carl Feeler, passed away in mid-February. Um, and my dad was diagnosed with prostate cancer um, around November, I think it was, of last year. It may have been December. And today was his final um, radiation therapy. So he had 40 sessions, and today was the 40th session. So it's a big celebration of my family. It's looking great, and he'll keep in touch with his doctors on how it's going. But um, I have felt your prayers for him and for my family related to the passing of my father-in-law, and I feel it, and I am so grateful. <laughs> um, it always feels good to know that we're kind of watching out for each other. <laughs> and that we care about what's going on in each other's lives. And I, I thank you for that. It just, it feels so good. So maybe you can join me in celebrating my, my dad <laughs> today. His name is Tom. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, goodness. Um, Tom Strand. And he's such a beautiful being. <laughs> and I... <laughs> I chose a dad that did tell me I was special. <laughs> and I'm so glad I chose that. And I'm not <laughs> meaning to uh, trigger any insecurities in anyone that, that didn't choose a dad that you'd like. But I'm so grateful <laughs> that, that I chose my dad and that he chose to be what he is. He's just such a special person. And I'm so glad he's here. And I'm so glad he did the treatment that he did and that it appears to have worked. And that he believed that it would work. And I hope it works. <laughs> I love him. And whenever he is, uh, nobody gets out of here alive, right? But, oh, dear love, when I have to say goodbye to him, it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> yeah. Goodbyes are hard in this reality, right? Oh, goodness. Okay. Oh, I love you guys. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, exciting year. Happy April, everybody. <clears throat> I do have some travel um, events coming up. Um, uh, none official that I can name. Sorry. I know there will be a New York City event, and that one I'll be doing with John Burgos and it. The dates are not final yet, but it looks like, and I'm going to get out my calendar here so I don't get this wrong. Um, the dates that we are shooting for, and we're just uh, finalizing the venue and those things, but it looks like um, May 20th, which is a Sunday um, in New York City. And I haven't done an event in New York City, so that I'm so excited for that because there's so, I have so many, so much of our family is in that area or could get to that area easily. Um, or maybe not easily, but it'll feel worth it, I hope. 
Um, so we will have a live event there. It looks right now, John and I, that um, we're not going to have an online um, experience for that. It'll just be for those in person, but we will record it and we will um, be offering the archive recording. So for those of you in the area may want to pencil in that date, May 20th, I'm, I just cannot wait, <laughs> especially with what came through today and my willingness to embrace more of that connection that I have um, to ISIS and the ancient mystery schools and um, all of that has really, I feel the upgrades of that in my own connection to source. I feel it in my work. Um, I feel it. I really feel it. And I hope that you guys do too. Um, other dates. Uh, da, da, da. So we have the France trip uh, celebrating Mary Magdalene. That is later this September. And you can check all of these out on my website at jillreneefeeler.com. And then just look for events in the menu items. And if you're looking on a mobile device, you'll actually see, look for a square. And I think it's either in the upper left or the upper right. And it has lines in it. So it's almost like a square with lines. Um, and click on that, then you'll see all the menus uh, for events and booking private sessions and online classes that are available and all of that. Okay. And then final call for the Soul Signature Series at the radically discounted prices. It's originally priced at, I think, $4.99. And during the last call for the, the March Equinox uh, message that we shared, I uh, very uh, spontaneously said, hey, let's drop the price to 99 I didn't know it had been priced at $4.99, <laughs> even though I'm the one who priced it. But that's a screaming deal. <laughs> and I'm so glad to hear what some of you are experiencing with that series. It is, it's a fabulous series. And I do consider it kind of a foundational uh, one for my work, which does not mean it's basics, you guys. It is master level stuff. Um, and yeah, it's really rewarding when I hear feedback of how, um, how much it's impacting you guys. And again, it's all about how grand will you allow yourself to feel? How much love will you let yourself receive? Yeah with any bypasses that are needed. Okay. <sighs> I love you guys so much. So thank you to everybody who's here live and I'll have the archive recording up uh, fairly soon. I know I have some private sessions today. There won't be a video message for today, um, a video archive. So it, uh, I'll put something together on YouTube, but it won't be me having shared this like face. <laughs> okay. I love you guys and I'll see you here next week. Bye-bye.